everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things entrepreneurship in the local area, and it's a great place for anybody, any entrepreneur to stop by who just wants to learn more about small business and franchising. On the topic of small business and franchising, you need money to do it, typically, if you want to start any small business, franchise or not. And to get money, typically, you're either going to rob a bank, borrow from a rich aunt, or you're going to work with somebody in the funding and finance industry. Well, good luck and good news. We have today with us somebody who is an expert on the national scene in the funding and financing arena specifically in the franchising field. So I'd like to welcome Wendy Skemmer, Senior Funding Specialist with Benetrends Financial. Thank you for joining us today, Wendy. Thank you, Blake. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, it's your first day on the job today, right? You've never really done anything in lending before, correct? I am celebrating 10 years just here in this present role this coming weekend. And what is, congratulations, by the way. (laughs) What is the present role? Tell me a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I'm a senior consultant here at Benetrends. We help folks figure out their funding strategy. Just like you help folks figure out the right opportunity to invest in, we help them figure out the right right way or combination of ways to fund that business. So I've been here about 10 years helping folks use retirement funds, get SBA loans prior to that on the SBA side. So very well versed in this world of funding that we find ourselves in. And that is exactly why we have you here today. We don't always date stamp these episodes, but we're going to do it today. We are in the spring, specifically May of 23, and it is a dynamic world out there in the funding and financing, just economically, period, right? And I use dynamic intentionally because it's somewhat of a neutral world word. There's just a lot going on, right? And there's a lot of things that have changed that we kind of get used to not changing And I'd like to talk a bit about that with you. Not that you think about those things at all these days, right? (laughs) It's interesting times and, you know, interesting phone calls we're having. And I would say this phase two shall pass, but funding is a moment in time. So I'm glad we're time stamping. Um, And, you know, I know you have questions about the various programs that we have um, and we help folks with. But I just want to say to open the conversation right away that, there is funding available. I can't tell you how many calls I'm getting on a daily basis that folks think there's not uh, available funds, that there's not a desire for banks and for the government to see small businesses grow. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We do about a new SBA loan here at Benetrends a day and probably several rollovers a day and helping folks fund their businesses. So it's just trying to figure out how to navigate through what's happening at this moment in time. Yeah, so that is a very reassuring comment to start it. So thank you very much. And now let's jump right into it and talk a little bit about uh, what is going on in the funding and financing world. Because what I heard you say is um, it's still happening. Loans for businesses are still happening or funding for new businesses are still happening. It's just a matter of navigating how it might be different than it was a little while ago. Absolutely. So, you know, in the world of lending, I mean, let's get the elephant out of the room right away, Blake, right? Everybody's yeah. talking about interest rates. Yeah. I literally, right before our call, got a message that, you know, the Fed's still considering or on the fence about another hike. Having come off a year with 10 hikes is very, you know, scary for some folks who are first thinking of this endeavor. Um, and I want to say we're 
a prime where we're in a position where prime is eight and a quarter. Yeah. So there, there's no escaping that. It's all about finding that right lender and a lender that not only will give you as little over prime as possible in the best rates, but the best flexibility as time goes on. You know, we're in a variable interest rate for most SBA loans right now, as you know, if it's non uh, real estate and that's scary to some folks, I think it's just education. You know, if you look at historically yeah. how prime has changed right now, we're not at the most unreasonable time. It's not the seventies, right? I wish it was for the sake of music, right? <laughs> me with my teenagers and what they listen to, but the reality is we're in a new time. We've never been here before. So, you know, I think what's important when you're looking at funding, whether it's using home equity, Blake, or, you know, borrowing against securities or an SBA loan, mm-hmm. prime is at eight and a quarter. So let's start there. Different lending strategies are going to add anywhere from one to three points over that number for your interest rate. Uh, if you look at the numbers, I compared a loan I did today to a loan I did three years ago, difference of a couple points in interest rates. Listen, no one wants to pay more to a lender. I don't want my clients paying more. But when you really break it down, how much a quarter of a point is, you still might be very comfortable servicing that debt. And so, you know, I, I know I want to answer your question about what does it take to first get that loan? How am I qualified? Yeah. But know that, you know, even though the rates aren't where they were a couple of years ago, it, it's not as dramatic as I think a lot of us feel in the kind of uncertainties that are out there. Let me uh, interject something there because you said find the right lender a couple of times. So you guys are not the lenders yourselves. You are in a category called lending brokerage. You go out there and shop the best lender match for somebody that's looking for a small business, right? That's exactly right. So, you know, we're a full service retirement planning company. And when we talk about how folks can utilize their retirement funds, you'll see a lot of the role we play Mm -hmm. in that. And you're, you're spot on. When it comes to lending, we're a broker. I work with a pool of lenders nationwide. Um, I do because of my experience, and you know this well, I have a lot of banking relationships. So I, I feel when it comes to not only being a broker and matchmaking the lender, I also matchmake to Benetrends. So I always want to just make sure that candidate's ending up at that, that right lender. And what I mean by that is what genre are they buying? Are they buying food and beverage? Are they buying something where they're going to be leasing trucks and they don't need real estate? There's different lenders that really like different models. Specialize in certain things. Yeah, exactly right. And not only do they have a preference, for example, you know, Wells Fargo doesn't like food and beverage historically, and that's not confidential information or anything. It's out there. So I know if I have a client that doesn't want to put down more than 20%, I'm not going to go to a Wells Fargo. So just because I've been doing this a long time and I have a lot of lending relationships, I can kind of figure out, okay, not only what genre do they like, but what is their portfolio at this point of the year look like? Because if somebody loves home-based businesses, for example, and they look at their portfolio and as their fiscal year is going on, they have a ton of inventory of loans in that genre. It's not going to be as attractive to that lender. Right. Because they're going to think, oh, I have too much risk in this type of business. So I want to make sure that at this moment in time, I find an appropriate partner because they're they're getting into a lending relationship for 10 years, potentially. Right. I want to make sure it's that right fit, not only based on rates, but based on availability, based on what kind of support your client's going to get. There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you'll also help people with funding that 
may or may not involve a traditional bank lender, right? Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, a typical SBA loan, you're putting some money in and you're borrowing some money, right? The lender wants you to have some skin in the game. A lot of folks find themselves, Blake, just to kind of transition into that question about, you know, non-traditional funding. Yeah. But a lot of folks do find themselves doing combinations, right? Because we know the banks are looking at liquidity, at the ability to put the money down. We don't all sit with that in cash or in liquid funds. So having the ability to tap into some of these non-traditional ways to help satisfy that can also help you get to that traditional loan if you need it. But ideally, so different ways to put your skin in the game, your your liquid capital, in order to then qualify for the loan, which, quite frankly, might be on different terms than it was three years ago, anyways. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, what our flagship program here is at Benetrends is the rollover for business startup, where folks could utilize their retirement funds that are not tied to current employment usually. Right. There's some occasion depending on age there, um, but to be able to utilize those funds to invest in their businesses without tax or penalty. So what you know this program does here at Benetrends is it gives you the ability to put your franchise or your business purchase in that same category as some of these other businesses we invest in. Right. I look at my 401k. I'm invested in companies. I have no idea who they are. How nice. <laughs> yeah, that but some guy in Wall Street knows. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even pay attention. Like I'm one of those, I let fidelity take care of it. Right. Which is even worse. Right. I'm not, in, I'm not, I have no control. This program gives you that control. I can now put my company, my franchise, my existing business on the same playing field for investment opportunity with my retirement funds. So, you know, you're taking your money out of investing in other people's investments and other people's companies, and you're investing it in yourself and your business opportunity. You said tax-free, penalty-free. Does the IRS allow this? Absolutely. I guess you wouldn't be recording it on a public podcast if they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Just a softball for you. You're welcome. Absolutely. It's statutory law that allows you to do this program and ERISA code 40 years ago. Benetrends is founded by a gentleman called Len Fisher. He and Cheryl, his wife, literally went to the Department of Labor, the White House, knocked on the door and met with the IRS, met with the folks that make these kind of decisions, got their blessing. They gave it the acronym ROBS, R-O-B-S, Rollover for Business Startup, which is why we call it the Rainmaker, because you know it's pretty obvious. But for the past 40 years, yes, we've been doing it. I mean, Len created an industry. And as you know, it is a a very popular way folks are funding their businesses. And as you have uh, listeners starting to just think about, you know, entrepreneurship and buying a business, I guarantee you when they're out and about, whether it's they're training their puppy or they're getting beer at the local bar, they're going to end up talking to folks that have utilized their retirement funds this way to help them achieve their dreams of business ownership. Yeah. It happens more often than people think, right? And it's been happening for decades. For decades, 40 years we're celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me back up on that since we're on that topic. I go to my financial advisor and say, I want to do a rollover. I want to use some of my retirement funds to start a business. I want to take more control over my earning potential, more control over my schedule, right? All the pain points, the pleasure points that um, that encourage people to start a business or start another business. And so you go to the financial advisor and say that. 
It's probably not going to be the first thing the financial advisor was hoping to hear. How do you respond to that? Correct. And I get on phone calls with folks and with their financial advisors and their CPA or whoever else is in that support group, helping them make a decision every day. And, and, you know, 80% of the time, I'll be fair. I get on that call and that financial advisor looks at me like I'm taking food off their plate. And I understand. And the reason being because they're taking money out of the market and they're investing it in privately held stock. So there's no gain in that little transaction for your financial advisor. But I want to say that once the financial advisor understands the legitimacy of the program Mm -hmm. and the potential, think about how fast your client can cash flow now because they're not servicing debt or because I've helped them minimize their debt, right? Mm -hmm. How much sooner they're going to be making salary. And guess what that means? They're going to be making contributions back to the plan. And guess what that means? They're going to come back to you, Mr. and Mrs. Financial Advisor, and I'm going to have you invest for them, right? You can custodian their account. So it's maybe a little risk in the short term because they're pulling their money out, Mm -hmm. but in the long term with the potential to put money back in. And what happens if they sell the business a couple of years later? As you see, folks do it all the time, right? They're in for five years. Someone comes in. I have somebody right now selling their business for $14 million. You know, stranger things have happened, but the goal is to make that financial advisor one. It's usually that they don't know about it, right? They want to make sure that their client's in good hands, that everything is legitimate and above board. Then they usually want to see, can I custodian the account once once my client's making contributions so I get back in the game? And once I assure them of all of that, I end up, I had one recently that ended up doing a Rob's to buy a business, to, to be quite frank, but I end up getting referrals because they realize, you know, if my clients come to me and saying, I'm going to get a small business loan for 200,000 and I'm going to pay 11% hypothetical, I have term sheets right now. And I'm talking to my financial advisor that I've been with for 20, 30 years, right? My financial advisor says, well, let's look at what we're making on your money in the past 12 months. And guarantee you it is not 11%, right? Because funding is a moment in time. Right now, your financial advisor should be saying, wow, why would I have my client pay 11% when I'm only getting, I was on a call the other day, 3.75% for them. It doesn't make sense for their overall uh, wealth and for their overall ability to, you know, we we have kids, right? We want to create generational wealth. We want to protect our money. Your financial advisor should be looking at that big, big picture. And again, what I do find usually is it's just a little bit of education and thinking what happens next and and that understanding. And then that financial advisor is on board and trying to figure out how to custodian the account. Got it. So one key point that I took away from that was um, not servicing debt because you're borrowing from yourself and not from a third party that's going to charge interest, right? Exactly right. So I just got a term sheet today, a hundred thousand dollar loan. Thirteen oh seven is their monthly payment. Okay. Okay. So you have somebody who's starting up maybe a small home based business who has to pay thirteen hundred dollars a month. Plus they paid closing costs, right? They paid more than what they would have paid to just do a rollover. And then now they have to service that debt. What happens to their fellow franchisee who, you know, didn't have any debt? And so now they're looking at their cash flow statement. They don't have that $1,300 payment. And that's only for a $100,000 loan. You know, I think when you're starting out a business to not have debt is one of the smartest decisions you could make, especially I'm talking to a lot of folks right now that have just been laid off. Yeah. 
So now you're not getting your income and you want to create more debt. I don't like that combination if it can be avoided or minimized. So let's take that thought a little bit further. That that helps explain the rollover for business startup um, vehicle for funding, which you can combine with a traditional loan. What else? You've talked about um, securities-backed loans. You've talked about um, home equity in some cases. What are some other options that you're seeing people utilize, particularly because what you said before, the um, – the change in interest rates has people more actively looking at other options right now, correct? Yeah. So, you know, I'm speaking to a lot of folks who are trying to get personal loans. So they don't have, or they don't fit into the SBA box. Maybe they don't have the retirement funds, you know, some of the, the, the funding, you know, programs that we spoke about don't fit into what they have going on. Or I have somebody who recently needed to get funding in three weeks. That's a really quick turnaround for funding. There's term loans, there's unsecured term loans. Now, Blake, what I think is important is it's a matching game. So Mm -hmm. if I have a candidate that's working and that has good credit and, you know, 680 or better, no short sale foreclosure or bankruptcy in the past eight years. All right. Yeah. To me, that's a strong credit worthy client. Okay. If they're working, it might make sense to do a term loan. And a term loan is going to be a fixed rate loan, but it's not an SBA loan. So you don't have to put money down. What I like about it is you're funded quickly. And if you don't have that liquidity to just kind of get over the hump and get in there, it can be a good kind of bridge loan. And it does help a lot of folks that are working. It's just if you don't have an income coming in, you're not getting that loan. So we need to think of other ways, which, you know, in that case, do you have retirement? You know, maybe you can't tap into home equity because you don't have income. I try to get creative with folks, but term loans are a viable option right now. They are fixed rate versus a variable in an SBA environment. And, you know, if you find a position where somebody's taken my territory, I need to come to the table with cash and fast. You're funded in, you know, in some cases, two weeks. Oh, okay. So, yeah speed to deal, so to speak. Yes. Wendy, this has been very helpful. I have a uh, sneaking suspicion that we're going to need to do another episode on this topic really soon, but you just packed a lot of really good information into a short period of time. Everybody remember that if you're looking for more information on what we talked about today to get in touch with Wendy or just questions about perseverance and business ownership in general, use that QR code on the bottom of the screen here. Caden, we don't want people to keep this podcast a uh, secret. So if we want more audience members on YouTube, what do we tell them to do? Like and subscribe. And share and follow. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Wendy Skimmer with Benetrends Financial. Caden Martin, Perseverance Palm Rider. Thank you both mm-hmm. for being part of our episode today. And we'll see you all here again on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Thank you so much. Thank you. Huda Media Production.